1: internet analytic cure aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i'm your hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in for the notorious mass effect episode 120 well before we even get into the episodes of course last episode 119 y'all definitely reminded me that i forgot to give my little updates because that's like uh important thing uh, important element to the episode at this point so for an update let me just say that y'all have been phenomenal and by y'all i mean the masses because the support has been out of this world and by out of this world i gotta switch i gotta switch the music to applause because y'all deserve it and sometimes y'all may think i'm playing the applause for myself but truly and honestly this is for the people who support me as without y'all none of this would be possible as we've currently hit another milestone for the podcast which is 31,000 downloads per episode and let me tell you something you know I have trouble counting the ten so to to get all the way up to thirty one thousand what meek Mill said he said he used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this to shine now I, I don't know how to I don't know how the lyric goes you know I'm a Drake fan but anyways for the most part y'all get what I'm saying it, it went from what, 9,000 total just audience members when I was over at Anchor to now I'm over on Red Circle and we've surpassed that by like leaps and bounds to the point where not only do we have almost 300 to 310,000 supporters, we also have 31,000 downloads per episode. So let me just say, but that's an astronomical jump from when I used to be on, well, my tenure on Anchor compared to Red Circle now that I'm currently under. All right, that's enough applause. Let me go back to the beat. Hold up. Give me one second. And by give me one second, I mean, like, give me like 40 seconds. I ain't gonna lie to you. I thought I had to pulled up. Ah, right, here we go all righty let me turn this back down cool so yeah so that's basically the um up update i guess in general personally you know life is great um i don't have no complaints you know both grandparents are healthy you know knock on wood um my parents you know i'm not gonna get too personal you know what i'm saying but let's just say my siblings are out there doing great or sibling is that too personal I don't know. Maybe anyways, uh, let's get into analytics. Okay. Cause of course this is analytic dreams and I love looking at and just analyzing analytics and just data in general. I know it's some nerd talk, but let me tell you, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna try to make it or give it to you in a comedic fashion. Okay. So basically, let me just say this. To have 31,000 downloads per episode is kind of crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's kind of crazy. Like at this point, like just looking at it, I actually had to look up, like no joke, I had to look up what 31,000 look like to get a perspective on like the amount of supporters that's like coming through. And it, it kind of makes me, I'm not gonna say nervous, but it, it makes me want to create better content for y'all and and just keep going harder if that makes sense because i've been doing this for a while and it's definitely never looked like this (laughs) at all like okay i'm gonna let y'all in a little something so basically you know this you make a little bit of money from podcasts and at this point you know i I would say is i'm not gonna give you a number amount so you know don't do that But, but you know it's a pretty sizable amount and let's just say that um I had to give me a chain, man I am not gonna lie to you. I had to give me a chain. I know what y'all saying already, man you try to be like you try to be like them rappers blowing their money on whatever shiny object they can find. Let me tell you that that is far from the case uh far from the truth you know I love to to invest, save my money, but at some point, I got a splurge. I want to look nice too, and I want to have nice things. you know what I'm saying so anyways, I got me a little chain, you know what I mean it came through and stuff, and uh I've never, and y'all gonna think I'm joking, but I never had a piece of jewelry, I can't even say it, you know, I have trouble saying my R's, which is funny, because, well, anyways, that's, um, <laughs> so basically, I have jewelry, right, and I've never had to, a piece of jewelry look so good that I, I know I can't wear it out in public, like, I can't do that, it just looks, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all, the, the what I got is, is like, it's nice but it's like it's it's kind of too nice because you know i'm a law-abiding citizen so if somebody snatches my chain of course i'm telling the police but also i'm not trying to get my chain snatched in the first place so you know i may or may not have it on right now and that may be the only time i have it on you know i may just put it on when i'm recording just to remind myself that i'm really doing some stuff out here you know what i'm saying? anyways so that's that's my whole jewelry uh situation i have a really nice piece of jewelry um i got a, i got like a set i got like the bracelet and necklace you know i got a little you know discount for the bundle but um so yeah you know um also for the people out there still saying that you should have saved your money just know I've saved my money all throughout my tenure at Anchor, even to this, up to this point with Red Circle. So I had to splurge a little bit. And it wasn't nothing too crazy, but I had to get, you know, I had a little tennis, you know, a little tennis diamonds dancing on the tennis chain. Definitely can't wear the outside or it's probably gonna get snatched, you know, I ain't gonna lie. You know, I'm a pretty sizable, pretty big guy myself, but you know, I'm not, I'm not losing my life over no chain. I don't care how expensive it is. And, you know, I would have done this sooner to the people saying, you know, keep coming in and be like, save your money but you know just i gotta say this because you know it's just it's just the truth you know what i mean like sometimes the truth the truth will set you free and all i gotta say is spotify owes me four thousand dollars and that's where i'm gonna leave it at because you know um i kind of put out not kinda i did put out an episode called spotify versus notorious mass effect if you search that up on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on you will understand what i'm saying and for my spotify listeners i'm telling you if they try to do the same thing and take me down just know i told you here first that we're not beefing but for some reason people who cover music and spotify do not mix if you're not on one of their payrolls they just they, i mean technically i wasn't a payroll but if you're not like one of their verified like playlisters they just they be going crazy like ace they they'll just take your whole stuff down for no reason so that's why my play uh spotify listeners but yeah so they they owe me a lot of money i ain't gonna lie to you i've, I've been pretty quiet about it but now that i bounced back and had a bigger and and Bounce back even greater and have a bigger audience than I ever did on Anchor. I can kind of talk my stuff now. So if they take me down, Spotify uh, listeners, you already know, click my link tree in my bio to stay up to date with everything I post. Cause let me tell you, at any point, Spotify just can can just hate on a brother like they did in the past. So, anyways, that's a little long update. Hopefully, I uh, fulfilled my obligation to give y'all an update throughout this episode, and hopefully, I made up for episode 119 as um. Yeah, i definitely didn't give an episode in that update and i remembered why because i went usually i give it before the episode so right after i, I talked about the episode topics i just went straight into the episode and forgot to give you an update so hopefully that made up for both episodes so without further ado um uh, i did say i'll get into analytics i mean let me see let's get into the mobile analytics so 124,000 of y'all listen to this on on your mobile device which is pretty cool it's 91 um let me see, iOS users. You know, I have 45,000 people who listen to my podcast on Android. Just some random facts I'm throwing at y'all. But um, let me just say, for y'all who's listening on the Android and don't get offended, you know what I'm saying? All I gotta say is, we can start a GoFundMe right now for y'all. Like it's no problem to use this platform that y'all are supporting to get y'all an iPhone. Cause I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. If y'all get into the group text or the group chat and put an emoji, it's gonna mess up the whole vibe that's all i gotta say so anyways um yeah for the most part we're getting into episode 120 and basically we're gonna cover a plethora of topics because i've changed the format which has been um successful so far and talking talking about just a plethora of topics well i think i already said that a variety of topics and just expanding my palette from I think we're going to get into Taylor Swift we may get into Taylor Swift but there's a lot of different random topics we're going to get into but the ultimate topic for episode 120 is obviously my Super Mario Bros movie review but before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities if you want to financially support the show click my cash app link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall And also, make sure to share this podcast rating the show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Now, let's get into episode 120. So Lil Uzi Vert is reportedly finalizing the track list for Pink Tape, according to DJ Drama. Now, I know with the headline... You're probably already thinking that we should have been had this pink tape because the way that Little Uzi has been promoting it, you would think it would have came out last year as there's been music released, well, unreleased, quote unquote, from the pink tape that was made in 2018. So you do have that information, which you will, because all I got to say is Drake featuring uzi at the gates still not being released on dsps at this point is losing little uzi and drake money like they're losing money from not putting this out all the little youtube site i say little uh, i don't mean to say that all the youtube sites that's putting out these versions of at the gates from drake and uzi granted if you're a newer youtube channel you probably won't make as much money on on it if all because you know they're going to umg there's one thing about universal music group and little uzi Vert's not under that but drake is so one thing about universal uh, music group is any of the artists that they are uh, a label for let me tell you all that stuff is copyrighted and if you use it without their consent they are taking it down expeditiously So, for the the most part, um, Universal Music Group, if creators were to just come together and not cover any Universal Music Group artists, I think it would kind of show them that the power of of media is a real thing, because I don't think any other major label takes down music as fast and as aggressive than uh, compared to Universal Music Group. I mean, I literally saw an Eminem cover. It was like an AI cover. And it was somebody who made a cat song off of AI's just voice no no no. off of Eminem's voice using AI and Universal Music Group took it down now technically is that breaking the law to use your own beat using your own lyrics and using the AI to mimic Eminem's voice like you know it's not a crime or illegal to just sound like somebody like that's not illegal at all i mean what are they gonna do next if somebody looks like eminem put them in prison like <laughs> the way the universal music well the lengths that universal music goes to to like take down music is very eye-opening and kind of insane so that's the only thing i have to say about that so that's why all these uh at the gates tracks that people putting up is being taken down because drake is on the track and uh universal music well drake major label is universal music group so and eminem kanye it's a lot of artists so like if he was the boycott universal music group then it'll be kind of boring i ain't gonna lie to you i mean that's why they're the biggest music major label in the world but they do they are aggressive with uh taking down music so anyways uh, dj drama came out in a random interview to say that they're finalizing the final sequencing and track listing for the pink tape and after that announcement I swear this is not a coincidence. Go to DJ Drama's latest project right now and try to play that song with uh I think it was called Free Smoke with Little Uzi Vert and 42 Doug. I forget who it was but basically try to play that song right now off of DJ Drama's project. All I'm gonna say is I don't know if it's a glitch in the system but for me when I went to Spotify I don't know if it's on on other DSPs if it's this same problem but i cannot play that track at all like if you stream music obviously if you download it you have it forever but if you stream music and you go to it that track doesn't even pop up for me and if it and when it does pop up it's like grayed out so i can't even play it so i don't know if uzi's beefing with drama again i don't know if i'm reaching too much into it but At the end of the day, for drama to come out like him and Uzi are best friends when little Uzi Vert to this day is still rocking Rockefeller merch, no pun intended, Um, being signed to drama. Like, do you know how disrespectful that is for you to, quote, unquote, take a chance on an artist, for that artist to blow up? And now, because another major label is owned by a notorious rapper, a.k.a. Jay-Z, You're just rocking all the merch because you want to be, you want to be attached to them now. Like that's so, such a slap in the face to DJ Drama. I don't even understand how he DJ Drama puts up with a lot. I've seen him in some interviews, and he seems like a pretty calm and peaceful guy. And I mean, obviously we all know him behind the scenes, but from what he presents our interviews, like I think Charlemagne the guy literally asked him, "What do you think about, or how do you feel about Uzi rocking Rockefeller merch?" Because they know the whole deal. with Uzi wanted to get away from I forget what the, the uh, I forget what DJ Drama's label was called. But basically, Lil Uzi Vert wanted to get wanted to get away from Drama's management and go under Rockefeller. Obviously, you can't do that when you're under contract. So DJ Drama just kept him. Uzi threw a whole fit, telling his fans that Drama wouldn't let him release music. Everybody hated Drama. Jack Harlow came up, which was, which uh. Jack Harlow was also in the drama so everybody realized that drama actually wasn't an issue with Lil Uzi Vert because he then created a whole nother superstar and um Uzi kind of came back and he was like all right I guess we'll be all right oh I guess we'll be friends but for the most part I don't think drama Uzi is that close and I don't really think drama's into the process that much when it comes to uh, the creative side of Lil Uzi Vert so I would say I would say that Uzi um, would not release the pink tape anytime soon. And I think the only thing that made me feel like he would is him dropping or him wearing, I think he wore like a pink shirt or something like that. Yeah, he he wore a pink tape shirt. If you look it up, Lil Uzi's pink tape shirt. I think it's just enticing the fans to get more excited for it. But um, at the end of the day, I don't think the pink tape is coming out anytime soon, and I think drama announcing that they're finalizing the sequence just made them push it back. It just made little Uzi Vert push back the pink tape even further away. So click my click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. Do you think I'm reaching, or do you feel like little Uzi Vert and DJ Drama has? underlining beef that may end up impacting the release date for the pink tape now with the evolution of ai you have to understand that things like this are starting to happen time and time again and the i was about to say frequency but i don't think that's the right word the amount of Projects or not even projects. The amount of tracks that are being covered by AI is just insane. And I messed up and said projects because that goes into my next point. At some point, somebody is going to make an entire project featuring the biggest artist to ever live, the biggest artist to ever live, the most popular artist to ever live on this earth, and they're going to put it out, and the world is going to blow up because they're going to have Michael Jackson. They they're gonna have Kanye West. They may mess around and have Elvis Presley on the on the album for no reason. They may have Drake three or four times on the album. Like the the possibilities are endless with this new advancement in AI technology. And it's to the point where, obviously, we don't have flying cars. Which all the movies that was based in the future in 2023, they was they was wrong. We don't have flying cars, and. That's unfortunate. Well, really, it's not because people can't drive. And boy, would that be a crazy scene. So anyways, um, this new leak, well, quote unquote leak from, I forget who the creator was. But uh, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these covers are random. So Playboy Cardi, well, an AI technology converted Playboy Cardi's voice into covering Little Uzi's 20 Minutes, which if you don't know, came out on his album... Love Is Rage Two, I think that's what the album was called. Love Is Rage Two, the deluxe edition, and Twenty Minutes was on that album. One of his more successful tracks off of that album, which is crazy because it was one of the one of the uh, deluxe tracks. Which, if you don't know, eight times out of ten, any of the tracks on the deluxe edition is not gonna like blow up like Twenty Minutes did. And I believe before Twenty Minutes came out, it was kind of like the at the gate situation with Little Uzi and Drake. Um, everybody was clamoring for it and so at this point him putting it out was a sure hit for his fans so when he put out 20 minutes on his deluxe edition for um love is rage 2 everybody went crazy but for the play playboy cardi right playboy cardi and uzi were beefing i guess they made up recently but ai somebody i don't know who it was anonymous <laughs> use ai technology to have Playboy cardi cover little uzi verse 20 minutes and here's a snippet of that right now Whoa, so
0: deep, that right
1: and now of course i'm only playing a little bit because you know i'm not trying to get no dmca you know what i'm saying but for the most part uh obviously you hear that Playboy cardi's voice and his vocal inflection is matching exactly how little uzi vert sounds on 20 minutes which is why i'm saying that this ai this evolution this this advancement <laughs> in ai technology can be used for so many more let me just say important things but you know people once you open it up to the public i guess you got to deal with the results and people are using this advanced technology to have playboy cardi's voice cover little uzi verse 20 minutes so anyways man click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think of the playboy cardi ai cover of little uzi verse 20 minutes and do you think that this advancement in ai is a good or bad thing now somebody tell me why taylor swift breaking up with some guy named joe alwyn made front page news now at this point i really have to reconsider my power rankings of the of the most popular artists in the world because let me tell you something i don't think i've seen this much publicity for artists breaking up with some random and i'm not gonna i'm not like respectfully i don't know who joe alwyn is so for taylor swift breaking up with some random guy making front page news to the point you think she dropped a whole entire album that just shows the star power of taylor swift and i'm not a a Swifty, that's not that's not like something that I claim. You know, I'm not part of the Swifties. I think that's what the fan base calls himself. Um, I'm a proud member of what? The the Barbs and who else? It's another one. The beehive yeah the beehive and the barbs, you know, I'm a proud member of them, you know, as a straight male, of course, cause you know sometimes they get there a little confused, and I ain't no Joe button, so I just had to set the, had to set the record straight, so anyways, besides that, this is not a gossip channel, of course, but we have to get into the amount of publicity that Taylor Swift just generated from breaking up with a random guy named Joe Alwyn Now, technically, y'all know well, y'all should know if y'all listen to the pod my personal goat and he makes headlines whenever he goes out with random women but it's to the point where every popular publication is putting out this like it's the next thing next best thing since sliced bread no i mean the most publicity that drake got from hanging out with a random person was when he was hanging out with like a popular basketball player's mom and and the way that they got their coverage was the helicopter going over the stadium while they was having dinner like this was like two years ago don't ask me why i know this just know i cover hip-hop uh and i'm a student in the game so <laughs> anyways um yeah so that was the biggest time or the yeah that was the biggest moment from drake from just hanging out with a random celebrity because you know usually he's hanging out with like the the, the um what they call the A-listers usually he gets publicity from hanging out with them and creating rumors like the whole Drake and Ice Spice rumor not saying that Drake uh not saying that Ice Spice is the A-list celebrity just saying that the whole controversy surrounding, surrounding Drake on following Ice Spice on IG and then uh refollowing her after you know I guess she had another hit um that was very publicized but not to the point of not to the likes of or to the heights of taylor swift breaking up with this random guy now i keep saying random guy and i say that respectfully because i just personally don't know who joe alwyn is he could be like one of the greatest musicians in like whatever genre he's in but uh (laughs) a lot of people are just saying they quote unquote uh just was growing away or something like that they said quote the relationship had just run its course and they said it's not dramatic
0: and what else And they said it was
1: snipping that invisible string so i guess they was already detached and they was already going about their ways living their own separate lives and they ended up you know separating which you know people grow apart all the time and that's not a bad thing you know as long as you keep it cordial as long as you're respectful at the end of the day you know the relationship was you know how like to to compare it to sports you know how a sports team When they even win a conference championship, they hang a banner and then the next year they could go like 0-30 in the season. But that moment in time when they hung that banner, that was an achievement that can never be taken away. And for Joe Alwyn, let me just say that I salute to you for keeping it cordial because any other guy would probably have made a scene, sent out 30 million tweets about Taylor Swift breaking up with him released all the direct messages between him and taylor swift like it could have got messy with anybody else who wasn't as mature as uh joe alwyn and i don't know man i don't know him you know i'm not caping for him at all but all i'm saying is i haven't seen him come out of the woodworks saying like no nah, that's not true she lying we stood together you know i did see no toxicity compared to what i'm usually used to seeing covering hip-hop Shout out to Lil Durk in India. But, anyways, that's besides the point, man. Uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know in on one of my social medias. What do you think about Taylor Swift breaking up with Joe Alwyn? And do you even care? <laughs> By now, y'all should know that Marvel Spider Man 2 is my most anticipated game since Marvel Spider Man 1 came out. And y'all may be a little bit confused by the titles I just used. So let me use the titles that the publicity, the PR team is using. Spider-Man PS4, when that came out in what, 2018? I forget how long it was. That was the best iteration of Spider-Man that I believe. And I'm like, not to like gatekeep or anything, but I feel like I'm one of the, like the biggest Spider-Man fans out there. Like, obviously the people who purchase everything Spider-Man and de- decorate the whole place with Spider-Man carpets, rugs, um, face a washcloths you know uh sheets pillowcases y'all get the point i'm not as big of a fan as as they are but as far as supporting the spider-man brand i feel like i'm one of the biggest supporters because me just being a huge marvel head spider-man is literally literally my favorite fictional creation of all time so anyways with that out the way ps5 uh well spider-man ps5 is coming out soon and of course we don't have a release date because i think in general they really don't have to spend too much on promotion they could do what um i think avengers endgame did where they can let the hype of spider-man ps4 kind of bleed over into spider-man ps5 and i'm not saying they shouldn't release any trailers because i mean they already released one way back in um way back in last year, I forget how what I forget the month they released it. in. But basically they released it and now we're just waiting for more details. So it's not like they didn't release no type of trailer. We've seen Spider-Man, we've seen Miles Morales, we've seen a, a fully rendered uh Venom as far as the face. We know that Kraven's going to be the villain. They kind of laid it out for us. So now it's like just wait and see like let them cook up in the in the kitchen and then we just enjoy the dish when it's eventually ready so i'm not really mad at them taking the time with extra um months to polish their gameplay release because you know they're going to come out with a gameplay trailer you just know that's what they're gonna, what they're, uh, gonna do and the rumor is that they're gonna start let me see I'm trying to count the months. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, Let's see. June, July, August, September, October. Okay. The, the rumor is they're going to start the promotion around August. Like late August. This is all rumors. But, you know, I, I definitely do my research. So it's not just like source. I made it up. Like <laughs> I try to I try to give you a- accurate information. So the rumor is. <laughs> um the the promotion's going to start up late august and the game's going to release late september which makes sense because if you think about it in october what is the famous holiday of october and when does venom movies usually come out i may be reaching here i may be reaching but venom is a sony ip at this well it's ip yeah like they bought the rights to to all Spider-Man characters. So why would they stray away from having success well, quote unquote successful releases of Venom content in October just to satisfy Insomniac, which is the developers for this video game. So I think this is my personal opinion. I think that this game's going to come out in September, late September. They're going to let everybody play it um well not let everybody's gonna play it like <laughs> and then mid to late october i could see them coming out with dlc for Venom. now hear me out if you've never played i think it was the, the spectacular spider-man it was like the comic book style video game open world spider-man game where it was spider-man versus venom i think it was called a spectacular spider-man it's basically like the kid version of, of of Peter Parker and you was fighting against Venom and like every time you fought against Venom, like his head was hurting for some reason. Like that's never brought up again in any of Spider-Man versus Venom interactions. But in that video game, it was like very potent that his head hurt every time he fought, fought Venom. I don't know why. Just look it up and you'll understand what I'm saying. But I think we're going to have that same dynamic in this video game. Not with Spider-Man's head hurting, of course, but I think... The mechanic of being able to play as Venom and Spectacular Spider Man will be the same mechanic that will be used by an Insomniac in Spider Man PS5. Now, call me crazy, but I don't think that's a stretch at all. I could see us having, now hear me out, <laughs> I could see us having a GTA 5 type of character selection for Spider Man PS5. Now, I'm not saying you could switch to Spider Man uh well they're both spider-man i'm not saying you can switch from miles morales to peter parker seamlessly and then switch to venom i'm just saying that i think the character wheel will be opened up after the game to play as either of the characters kind of how spectacular spider-man was so do i think venom will end up dying in spider-man ps5 i don't and this is all rumors it's not factually i didn't read no spoilers so this is like just me thinking i think after the game we're going to get a version of the of a gta type of sandbox where we get to play as peter parker or miles morales or venom kind of how it was at the end game for spectacular spider-man so yeah that's my whole uh master theory my my uh hypothesis (laughs) hypothesis you know what i'm saying Uh, what else that's basically it man i just feel like we're going to be able to play as venom and in october they're going to release a whole dlc strictly for venom so we're going to have like you know how Miles Morales kind of got his whole side game? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a whole side game for Venom. And that sounds fire, don't it? Like, just thinking about that right now, I mean, who wouldn't want a standalone Venom game? Now, obviously, you probably wouldn't want to, want to play as Venom for that long. So the DLC format that they kind of have for Miles Morales will work great for Venom, depending on how, you know, he plays and the whole uh mechanics works out. But I think it's hard to mess up Venom. I mean, he's kind of like... I'm not going to compare him to the Hulk, but you can have that jump around the city and smash a lot of things type of gameplay, which is very fun for most children um, for Venom. So I think that Venom's gameplay will stand out... um from from peter and miles morales to not feel like insomniac is putting out the same game i mean everybody's think about it we're only on the second iteration of the spider-man game i mean technically you had a miles morales game but that game was literally like dlc like glorified dlc that game was super short and this is from somebody who played it like twice i played both games twice so um i think for venom to have his own dlc kind of how miles morales did i never forgot my point that's crazy I didn't forgot what I was about to say. I totally forgot what I was about to say. What was I about to say? <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. What type of... What type of... <laughs> man. D- Dementia Dreams, man. I ain't going to lie to you. The, uh, my, new, my new nickname may have to be Dementia Dreams because I, I totally forgot what I was about to say. oh I, I remember okay <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> that was like a slow moment I, i'm so sorry for that i'm not in ed- i'm not editing that out either y'all gotta hear me struggle so anyways um people are already this is the second iteration of the spider-man game right people are already tired of the new york setting they're like spider-man should go to this location i heard that spider-man should go to the location that silver sable was out uh was lo- um her hometown is at, which is like Look bro i can't say it bro i don't know i don't know what she stayed but basically silver sable's hometown where she was in spider-man ps4 and technically peter parker did go there for the miles morales dlc which gave the whole city to miles we could go back there in spider-man ps5 which could give spider-man a different uh environment to be in kind of like fast travel like you can go to a place and then be like hey you want to go to this map and then you can like click yes and then you can go to like different maps and stuff not no mario nintendo 64 type of game but a lot of people are wanting different uh, playgrounds to swing around in as Spider-Man, which it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, actually it doesn't make sense. This is the second iteration. People are already saying they're tired of New York. I'm not going to say they're necessarily tired, but they want to see new locations to justify the $70 price tag that's definitely coming. Like, if y'all thought the $70 price tag is going to, is that's the least of your worries. I would be concerned on how much the DLC is going to cost. So, um... Yeah, I think they're going to switch up the locations by having Spider-Man travel to, like, some other location. Uh, I forget what the—I think it starts with an S, but I can't pronounce it. Wherever Silver Sable's at, wherever her hometown is, I think he'll probably travel there. And that would make sense because then he could have connections already to people there that we didn't get to see because he w- we was playing as Miles while he was at that hometown with uh, MJ. So, yeah, I-, I think different locations will work well. And Spider-Man PS5, so I think we definitely need new locations I need a fully playable Venom to replace all the MJ side missions. I mean all of them I hope they don't I, they can have one or two But the amount of MJ side mission they had in Spider-Man PS4 to quote my man Stephen A. Smith Smith. It was Blasphemous, it was just straight blasphemous the amount of MJ side missions. We had to play as when we had so many different characters who had actual fighting capabilities in the Spider-Man movie. Like, I would have ra- rather had the, um... I forget, the cop lady that turned bad at the end of Spider-Man PS4? Well, spoiler if you haven't played it. But it was this cop lady that Spider-Man was working with. He was like, oh, Spider-Cop. You know, it was like some type of ongoing joke with her. And she turned into a villain. I wouldn't be mad if we got to play as her instead of the MJ side missions. Like, MJ side missions was so terrible because she was, like, taking up fully armored guards with like a taser like it was just so unbelievable so anyways um yeah that's all I, that's all the like that's all i want to see in spider-man ps5 you know what i mean because I, I with insomniac i mean they already got wolverine marvel already probably has a lot of trust in them i don't see them dropping the ball at all in the slightest so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about spider-man ps5 holding all of its Details until uh, closer to release. And do you think? No, no, no. Do you? Which character are you most excited to play as? Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, or hopefully Venom. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. One thing is for certain. This is one of my most anticipated games of the year one one of because you already know number one numero uno and this one didn't come with a bundle not just playing let me chill i was just shout shout out to drake you know he's he's the goat so anyways um spider-man ps5 is obviously my most anticipated game but to warm up for spider-man which i'm not mad at at all we have this new star wars game coming out and before you get upset and just throw your like phone across the room no it's not ea so you don't have to worry about micro transactions completely ruining the game this is made by respawn i believe and it's the game it's a sequel to uh star wars jedi was it fallen order no jedi something force awaken no nah, it wasn't it those are the movies anyways it's calcestis uh the oh yeah it is fallen order star wars jedi fallen order that was that was the first game so this <laughs> this is the sequel to that game so, as you can tell, um, I'm just the most knowledgeable knowledgeable Star Wars fan now. just play. I'm really, i really not into Star Wars like that. The most I ever got into Star Wars is probably uh, Rebels. Getting into Obi-Wan and Anakin's story when, like, Obi-Wan was treating him like a Padawan, I guess. Or he was his Padawan. I don't know how that worked. But uh, that's when, like, Ahsoka came... Ahsoka, I think that's how you say it. That's when she came through. She was my favorite character. Apparently, she's getting, like, a live... Um, action series and that should tell you how much i don't know about star wars like i only watched the rebel stuff and i mean of course i saw the prequels and the first three movies because it's like at this point to be in america like you i feel like they you have to watch those movies or they're gonna deport you or something so anyways i watched those movies and um no there was fire i still forgot how uh Darth vader died but um yeah they were fire. so anyways um <laughs> well spoiler alert if you didn't see that movie from like 50 years ago uh uh, star wars jedi survivor is a sequel to star wars jedi fallen order and this is a action adventure game developed by respawn entertainment uh it's coming out on all platforms on april 28th now it's published by ea but don't think that like it's it's developed by respawn so it's it's a little difference like for ea for battlefield they they have hands-on like heavy influence over the creativity and the direction respawn being the developers they have the say-so and create and creative decisions and just the direction of of uh this star wars um video game franchise so hopefully that makes sense but anyways uh you still may see micro transactions but i'm pretty sure it's just like in pre-orders or just like something cosmetic uh what else so it was initially scheduled for march 17th it was pushed back to april 28th and i think that was just to polish it a little bit more which i'm not even mad at if you've seen the game which i'm gonna play in a second uh, make sure to subscribe to my youtube you know shameless plug so you can see like some of the video aspects i play um but yeah for the most part the gameplay looks amazing leaps and bounds ahead of uh fallen order from what i've seen like cal kestis is just starting off it's just like him like he's starting off as him like one of the one of the greatest jedis in the land when of course if you play fallen order you know that cal kestis was far from one of the greatest greatest Jedi in the land, like he was trying to just become a Jedi, and we seen that at the end of Fallen. Well, should I should I spoil that? When did Fallen Order come out? I'm not gonna spoil it. All I'm gonna say is a certain somebody shows up at the end, and let's just say Cal gets humbled quickly. Like it's like a boss fight, but then you realize it's not a boss fight. It's just a fight to let you know who's the boss. <laughs> like like <laughs> he let's just say he he um. He would have picked you apart if you didn't run away from him. So it's not like a spoiler because y'all know who I'm talking about. But now, in Jedi Survivor, I'm under the under the uh, assumption that he may be able to handle him a little bit as far as like hang with him. But I still don't think he'll be able to like beat him because you know. Now, if I say if I say nah that's a spoiler. But let's just say that the person who showed up at the end of Fallen Order is him when it comes to Jedi's, and so. But Cal Kestis to now be super advanced as a Jedi and just having all these different stances, I mean, he has the uh, the, the dual wield, he has the double bladed wield, which I just found out was a was was two different things. I thought that was the same thing, but the dual wield is like the Darth Maul type of effect, and then and um the double bladed swords, or uh, the double blades, is like when you have two lightsabers in each hand hopefully that makes sense and then you have the blaster stance so that's already at, we already had three then you have the cross blade stance which is like the kylo ren uh lightsaber and then you have the regular stance which is just the one saber of course and then uh did i already say the blaster stance i think i did but if i didn't the blaster stance where he has like a gun and he also has a lightsaber and then there's another one right i think there was another one i think that's it I think that's it. Imagine they had a stance where he just throws straight hands, like on some, some. Uh, who throws straight hands in the video game? I would say Kratos, but he he uses weapons as well. But maybe like on some Kratos type tip, like if he just started throwing hands and uses like no blade, that'd be so funny. But anyways, uh, yeah. So basically, there's a lot more um, content here, way more content here than in Fallen Order. So if you play Fallen Order, just know that from. The gameplay alone, survivors leaps and bounds ahead as far as like what you can do in this game. So, anyways, I had a video play. Let me see if I can play this right now. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So um, it's a short, so it's kind of weird. Gameplay has been released, and here's the highlight. about weird, I mean like you may not just may not be a cup of tea. I'm trying to can I expand this? I don't know how this works. Hold on, give me one second. I'm not cutting this out. This is gonna be like live edit. Nope okay anyways that didn't work all right let's just keep playing it so obviously you can see from right here he's using the force and then you see how he just switched from the single blade to the dual wield like obviously he was able to do that in the first game of course but then you know a lot of these animations are totally different which is a thing that you know sequels fall um victim to is reusing animations which is no there's nothing wrong with that but for the premium animations to be reused over and over again it's kind of like you're playing the same game just a different name and to pay seventy dollars again for that same experience it's kind of a ripoff in my opinion so for um what's the game called for jedi survivors have the have all these different stances also different customizations for cal himself and for it to be shown like this you know that they're at well, you know, you're getting your money's worth because they went above and beyond with all these different stances to show that Cal that is a way more advanced Jedi at this point. I wonder if they're going to show the different stance. Okay, so right here, you see the double bladed, and for the, those who are listening right now, just uh, subscribe to my youtube and i have it on the uh, playlist tab called streams it's unlisted because i use it mostly for shorts but you get the point so anyways this is a, uh the double blade it stands and, and apparently there's a a plethora of customization options even with Cal, like his hair his mustache well his facial hair like there's so much you can customize off a of Cal that you wasn't able to do in the first game So, anyways yeah that's basically it uh let me see obviously they have like collector's edition all that other stuff if you want to just blow a bag off of this uh off of this game but for the most part uh that's basically it so what's something else i wanted to get into uh the customization i think i covered everything so yeah uh star wars jedi survivor is one of those type of games where if you're not playing it as a gamer, you're missing out. If you're a real, and I'm not gonna say real gamer because that sounds gatekeepish, but um, let's just say if you enjoy games, Star Wars Jedi Survivor should definitely be on your list. I don't care if you're only playing one game this year, Star Wars Jedi Survivor should be that game because Respawn has went above and beyond to give us a new and improved experience, which definitely. In my opinion qualifies the price tag so click my link to my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about star wars jedi survivor and if you've seen any other gameplay does it make you more inclined to purchase jedi survivor when it eventually comes out august 28th so Shrim for life is here and by here I mean, it's actually dropped. Now, for all my Ray Shrimmer fans, I need a moment of silence for Ray Shrimmer dropping. Because if you don't know, Ray Shrimmer hasn't dropped an album since 2018. Now, I know technically I killed Kendrick. For not putting out an album in five years, but let's just say that technically, and I mean technically, it was six years for Kendrick. But that's besides the point because if you want to count the Black album, the Black Panther album, I guess you could. But for the most part. I mean, you know what his album was called. It's a PG podcast, so I can't say the album title, but that wasn't released in 2017. And he didn't release the album until 2022. So I guess technically it was five years. I'm tripping. Uh, you know I can't count. Anyways, uh, <laughs> getting back into Ray Shrimmer. Um, it's been since 2018 since they dropped the album. And now they're back with Shrimp for Life. And let me tell you this album is straight heat, straight frago fire uh pyro let me see what other stuff you could say that's basically it that's all i got so <laughs> for the most part uh ray strimmer has dropped a fourth album and let me tell you it's already a candidate in my eyes for and ears for uh album of the year it's produced by mike will if you don't know who mike will is then i'm sorry you know i'm sorry for your loss but anyways uh you y'all yeah, definitely know who that is so yeah, i should murder on the beat And it features uh, highly acclaimed artists from the likes of Future all the way to ones that's locked up currently, um, which is uh, Young Thug. And let me just say that Ray Strimmer, I don't know what it is, but they don't really get their just due as being one of the greatest hip hop duos to ever grace a mic. And obviously, Outkast is by far and away the best duo we've ever had in hip hop but sway lee and slim jimmy is definitely near that because y'all may think it's blasphemous at first but then once you remember hold up let me make sure this is factual because i, I want to say the, i want to say the date of this track just to let y'all know how long they've been around when they release let me see if i can find it. oh yeah here we go make sure this is right track I forget what track it was. But anyways, um, maybe it was Black Beatles. But when they made everybody in 2017, think about it. 2017. When they made everybody freeze for no reason, like absolutely no reason, just because a song came on, like the bodies just stopped, just wasn't able to to move anymore, like on some on some magician hypnotizing type stuff when they made everybody freeze just to do a challenge for the track i think it was called i think it was black Beatles that the that everybody was freezing to that let me know that these two dudes together and that's a key point together are one of the greatest duos in hip-hop now separate They kind of run into the Quavo and uh, Migos effect where Sway Lee, as talented and I mean as talented as a chorus maker as like he is, like he's one of the most talented chorus makers I think we've had in the last like five years. Because if you think about this, the same guy who gave us Unforgettable a chorus this is the same guy who gave us the sunflower chorus like respect really needs to be put on ray Shrimmer's name when it comes to making music and being one of the greatest duos to ever live so anyways um but yeah after he made after they made everybody freeze in the club off of black Black beatles i was like yeah nah this is over like this is this is one of the greatest groups ever and it's still going in 2023 so to get into the track listing a little bit uh it's 14 tracks of course and some of my standouts just to give you like kind of like a snapshot on if you just wanted to listen to tr- three tracks to kind of get a feel on what the album is like i would definitely say that well if you heard the single tanisha in and par- in parentheses pump that then if you haven't heard that single then i'll definitely add that as one but since that's a single i'm not going to add that in my top three so i'm gonna say royal flush featuring young thug flaunt slash cheap and let me see hmm I would say not so bad because it's like an Eminem flip. But um, and to get an Eminem sample is not easy. Let me tell you something. Eminem is one of the hardest people to sample from. Like y'all thought Michael Jackson was hard to get samples from his estate. Like, nah, Eminem's a whole nother level. So I would say that one, but they literally just took the snippet he put up on his like phone and used that same audio for the track. So I'm not gonna highlight like that one. But I'm gonna say flaun it slash cheap royal flush. And probably sexy i ain't gonna lie sexy is uh it's one of those tra- flying it slash cheap and sexy is one of those tracks where you really get a a sense of how the duality of ray uh, ray Sherman, the duality of slim jimmy and sway lee mixes because their styles are kind of unique from Slim Jimmy being a swag type rapper, he's not like a lyricist, but, you know, he raps in a way that keeps you engaged. And for Sway Lee to come with melodies that are just out of this world, really like a second coming. When it comes to Quavo or Sway Lee, I'm not going to lie. Sway Lee is probably up there with like Post Malone, uh, The Weeknd, and Drake when it comes to like choruses. Not as far as vocally, because vocally I would compare him to the likes of like The Weeknd, um. Chris Brown as far as chorus making but Sway Lee is in a whole different bracket when it comes to choruses so I don't want to keep comparing him to Quavo I think he's better than Quavo as a artist but but anyways um, Slim Jimmy on the other hand that's where it comes into play where he's he's more of a I don't want to be disrespectful but I feel like he's more of like an off-brand takeoff slash quavo like he's like the rapper that doesn't really stand out on his own like sway Leeds has definitely stood out on his own like how can you say two words on a track with drake and travis scott and everybody remembers who it? like everybody remembers who says uh what, what what does he say off of that track i think he said like someone said off of a uh, sicko mode and everybody knows that's sway lee like what in the world like what world are we living in when an artist can say two words and everybody knows who their artist is like i don't understand like two words on a track with drake and travis scott and everybody's like oh is that sway lee like bro ain't no way so yeah uh sway lee and slim jimmy on two different playing fields that's not to discredit slim jimmy because i definitely think sway lee needs somebody it's kind of like the drake and 21 savage effect drake for her loss needed 21 Savage in moments where it kinda got monotonous as far as the, the melodies and the and the and the uh chorus. Hopefully that makes sense. But yeah. So um yeah those are the three tracks I would point out. As far as other critiques on the album, I would say probably my only critique Do I have a critique? Yeah I'll probably because it sounds more like a playlist than an actual concept album. But that's even nitpicky because, you know, Ray Shrimmer, they're not like no lyrical, miracle, spiritual type of uh, duo. You know, if you want to listen to that, like listen to Slaughterhouse or something. But for Ray Shrimmer, they give you summer anthems. And I mean, anthems. Every single track off of this album, you could play in any setting outdoors. And I'm telling you, it's going to go off. Like playing Royal Flush featuring Young Thug, playing any track. Like, Sway Lee is really one of the kings of, of choruses. And i don't say that like off of the moment because like i just said he's been around forever like when did they first put out music uh ray actually i was looking at this ray strimbert started a year either before or after domigo the so they've been well as far as like on a major label like basically what i mean by that is the first hit came like a year before actually let me look it up where's the Migos at? Cause No Flex came out in 2014 and everybody knows that track like No Flex was a hit right Migos they've been rapping since 2013 so they came a year after Ray Shrimmer. and look how young they are like I don't know I just don't think the respect is really put on Ray Shrimmer's name so uh, Shrimp for Life obviously for me is one of my favorite albums of the year I think in general people really need to start considering duos as far as like putting two artists together because i think if artists really mesh they can have a longevity that a single uh, a single artist by himself could not have and i think i'm confident in saying that because if you think of Outkast, i mean people to this day is trying to get an andre 3000 verse and that man is just out there living his life on some gta side mission so um as far as what else who are the other duos in hip-hop i feel like i'm being disrespectful with this question I ain't gonna lie, it's, it's, it's Outcast number one. It's Ray Shremmer number two. And man, I'm not gonna lie to you, that's it. <laughs> like, I can't think of anybody who's even close, because think about it. Ray Shremmer made you freeze in the club. Ray Shremmer made you dance in the club, listen in the No Flex Zone. Obviously, they released, uh, what was it, No Type? I mean, they just got anthems for days. Like, Ray Shremmer is one of those artists that really needs a, um, what's it called, a verses. But then who would they verse it? Like they would literally have to verse outcast and all the old heads would be like, oh, they're not on the same level when technically, if you look at statistically, it's kind of like the Drake and Jay-Z effect. If you look statistically, Ray Schremer could have bigger tracks than uh, outcast. I know that's crazy to say. Y'all gonna kill me. I know. That's all right. I'm gonna take it. But, <laughs> but yeah, now maybe I'm thinking about Sway Lee side because Sway Lee has Sunflower and, um unforgettable so maybe i'm attributing those to ray Shimmered, but ray shirmer alone i don't know if they have bigger tracks now cast probably not but if we add unforgettable and sunflower they may be up there that's all i gotta say because i think unforgettable is literally one of like the most successful songs of all time like as far as like on pace um yeah because i think it's already diamond like i'm not gonna say two times diamond but it's like diamond it's like but it's a lot of streams bro diamond is like what a billion or something like uh a billion copies or something like that and like streams don't equal like one copy so it's like you have to stream it a lot to get to a billion copies anyways y'all get the point race trimmer's goaded the album shrimp for life is is straight fire one of my favorite albums of the year like I said um royal flush featuring young thug uh flying it slash cheap and sexy is probably the top three tracks that I would recommend you listening to to get a feel for the album. So yeah, click my link in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Ray Strimmer dropping just a phenomenal album yet again? It's been... It's been nine years in the game. Going on... to going on. That's crazy. Going on a decade into the year. Or not into the year. See, I can't talk. Going on a decade of just straight hits is very insane for for two artists. For one artist in general, it's, it's insane. But to stay together for that long, I mean, we've seen what happened with the Migos even before Takeoff passed, you know, R. P. to Takeoff. But we've seen even before he passed, the Migos were done. Like, Offset and Quavo, I don't know what they had, but it's I guess it's done. Apparently, Slim Jimmy, Sway Lee had their beef, which is why it took so long for this album to come out, but they came back together, and hopefully, Quavo and offset can take a page out of their book so click my link to my bio let me know on one of my social medias have you listened to ray Shrimmer's shrim for life and if you have did you think it was f- no, no no what was your favorite track off of the album <laughs> the white hope of hip-hop has returned nf has released his fifth studio album called hope now this may be surprising to some of y'all because i don't talk about him a lot and that's that's for a reason but um let's just say nf is one of my favorite rappers of all time and as far as favorite rappers of all time i mean personally like i feel like as a creative sometimes your creative top five and your personal top five is a little different because you may you may be judged off of who you get inspiration from. So your personal top five may be a little different from your creative top five, like imagine you say, Oh, Lil Pump had this color contrast in this video, that's why I do this people are gonna be like, Oh, you listen to Lil little pump, like it's just gonna get totally lost in translation. So for me, if there's if there was a, a world on earth 2 where I was to create music, I would say, that my style would be a mix of NF and Drake. Because in general, I love how NF gets his point across without having to cuss in his raps. And you may think that's the most, the most, I don't even know the word, the corniest way to look at something because, you know, hip hop is all about being cool and cursing and objectifying women. You know what I'm saying? So for NF to not curse at all in his albums to make it a point to not curse and still rap like he's in the modern generation, like most people who don't curse in the raps is like um Christian rappers. And what, what that means is they don't even refer, even if they're not cursing they don't refer to anything that may be going against, you know, um God's um Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Like they may say something like the closest thing they'll come to like going against their religion is is like i don't even know like i try to think of something like lecrae said or something like that like, what's what's the other ones other christian rappers i forget just lecrae somebody else their names are very um different but basically, they don't really go against the grain when it comes to like explicit content. But in F, he definitely gets into it and he he displays his aggression without having to curse. And of course, displaying your aggression is technically not a sin, I guess, but you know, nowadays, you never know with Christianity. It's a very very judgmental religion, and this and that's from somebody in it. So, uh anyways, um enough raps without cursing. He has a, a lot of values that I really appreciate. It's kind of like Russ when he raps, like he has a lot of gems that you could take forward in life, like on a song with Corday, if I can pull that up, on the song called Careful with Corday, he literally says at the end of his second verse, so he saved this for the very second verse, right? Or at the very end of the second verse. He says, got to keep the loved ones close. That's all we know. And it's such a simple bar. But the way he ended off his second verse saying that. It's like you could take that gym for the rest of your life and that will always be applicable. And I love those type of verses. He also has in the same verse, too. Man, he was killing Cordae on this track. I ain't gonna lie. I don't think no other rappers are going to try to rap with NF after this. But um, NF said, talking about risk, I've been taking them talking about dreams I've been chasing them talking about lives I've been changing them I mean he's talking that talk on this track talking about family don't play with them that's a line that you don't cross no low blows can't respect those gotta keep the loved ones close that's all we know like stuff like that is just like poetic like not to get not to uh exaggerate but NF is one of those rappers where people will put in a corny box and even him having a feature from Corday on his album really doesn't help him out from that perspective but realistically corny nowadays is being attached to taking care of your business and not stepping out of the lines of illegally attaining stuff let's just say stuff but you, you you get what I'm saying. Being cool is more about risk taking. More so in the legal space and being corny is more about you can you can still be risk taking, but in the legal space, that's that's how I put it. So the legal space. The straight and narrow is corny, the illegal space. Attaining things in. In ways that don't abide by or not law abiding is is cool to break the law is cool to be straight and narrow and to mind your own business is corny so anyways uh nf is in that box of corny and uh for me am not gonna lie to you the way that nf raps i think he is definitely one of the more um he's one of the more prominent lyricists that gets skipped over by everybody in the hip-hop space like nobody will ever bring up nf in a conversation simply because he's not in the circles of interviews that you should be doing as a hip-hop artist now is that uh partially his fault of course if you if you don't go out and talk to the sways of the world if you don't go to the breakfast clubs of the world if you're going to if you don't like sit down or even have a chat with dj academics it's like you're not in the hip-hop space at all like if you just set alone a set of what's the word if you just stay in your own bubble which is um i forget what the name was hopspin hopspin had this um quote about talking about nf to adam 2022 and i know he's like not 2022 (laughs) adam 22 which i know him right now he's like dealing with a whole array of stuff but let's just stay on topic hopspin was telling adam 22 that nf is really in his own bubble but he's a really cool guy now you can be a really cool guy but to be in your own bubble is not going to cut it in the hip-hop industry they want you to show your face come to interviews to be accepted cardi b had to do it jay-z had to do it i don't know why i put them in the same my bad my fault let me let me use a different example um kanye had to do it jay-z had to do it 50 cent eminem like all of these prominent hip-hop iconic legends had to sit down with some of the black media outlets that we have in today's society because to be accepted you have to be in that that space which is nothing wrong with that i don't i don't really mind that like if you're not going to come down sit down with any of the black outlets I really don't think you should be a part of the conversation. So I may be contradicting, contradicting myself. Well, no, I didn't say he should be. I just say he gets skipped over. So, deservedly so, though. So I'm not saying like, oh, people just hating on him. No, nah, if, if NF sat down with more black outlets, he would get more looks as far as uh, being accepted in the hip hop industry. Obviously, he has his own fan base as his first week sales are already projected to, to be around 100,000. So he doesn't really need these outlets. Which may be why he's not doing it in the first place. Because best believe me, if NF was flopping (laughs) album after album, I bet you he would do more interviews. But since his uh, fan base holds him down to the point where I literally literally had to look him up. I was like, bro, who is his major label? Because there's no major label that will let you keep putting out music and not go sit down with no popular outlet. So i kept looking at it and every time you go to an nf album in the credits it says nf real music and the only time i ever found a, a glimpse or a hint of help from a major label is in 2017 when he dropped perception and it said capital records then it said nf real music so i'm thinking that capital helped him out and then he just went back to being independent because most of his other projects are just under him like nf real music like i'm pretty sure that's his label like there's no major label that's gonna be like oh we'll help you out but we don't want credit like no never that's never gonna happen so i'm thinking he's completely independent except for that one time in 2017 when he was under capital so i'm like how is this man selling so many copies not talking to any black media outlets he's still outselling all the black artists that dropped uh last last Thursday at midnight. Like Ray Shimmered. I'm not even gonna lie, the first week sales is it's not looking good. Um what's the other girl's name? The girl that got co-signed by Beyonce. She's like the little mermaid. Oh Chloe Bailey. Yeah Chloe Bailey I think she sold like ten thousand first first week. Like ten thousand first first week. Like those are those are not even independent artist sales. Like those are just those are just like I oh, don't know. That's bad. That's pretty bad. Like ten thousand first week is like people don't respect you as a musician at all. Like nobody's listening to your music. And that's not like that's respectfully. I'm just putting it in a realistic aspect. Ten thousand first week, of course, for somebody who just started music would be good. Like solid, right? Solid numbers. But Like, bro, 10,000 first week is not a good number to be starring in a Disney movie, to be co-signed by Beyonce, to have a feature from Chris Brown, to have a a feature from Future. 10,000 first week is atrocious. Straight garbage. Anyways, so, um, and you see, she does all the interviews, you know what I'm saying? She sits down with everybody and she still doesn't, she still doesn't sell well. So it's like, it comes to a point where NF's fan base is just a step above most of the artist fan bases and to the point where i think nf as a rapper should get more flowers but he will only receive those flowers if he starts going around and doing interviews it doesn't have to be like multiple it could be like two or maybe one a year but he has to do at least two interviews with black media outlets i'm telling you even eminem sat down with some of the the, the uh the biggest black media outlets even when he didn't need them so it's like i don't understand i don't understand that whole being in your bubble because it's it's really counterintuitive if he wants to be an actual um hip-hop artist because right now even me when i put this up i'm telling you there's gonna be somebody who messes me they're gonna be like bro why are you covering white rappers like or, or why are you covering uh white christian rappers because they think that this man is just like a christian rapper because he, he doesn't ever come into the ecosystem of just the hip-hop industry so it's, it's a very weird situation that he's in because obviously he has respect from peers it's like futuristic who's a rapper i think hopefully y'all know who that is um futuristic talked about him and uh hobson like i just uh stated previously on the adam 22 interview talked about how nf is just a cool guy but just him, him not really I'm not gonna say he has to mingle with the most popular hip hop artists, but him to not do any interviews with the black outlets is just uh kind of insane to me. But anyways, um let's get into the album. I'm tripping. Let's yeah, let's get into the album because I really want to get into this because that's that's my only that's a big critique, of course. But that's my only critique. Because this album his top three album of the year and I'm not even going to be like um, I'm so unapologetic about it because NF has been so consistent over the years this man makes such content heavy music in a serviceable way that just blows me away like how consistent he is it may sound blasphemous but NF to I don't even want to say just the white people cuz I I feel like NF is a great rapper. But he just feels so out of the circle that I would have to say the NF to like white people and now you know I sorry I don't know any other way to put it. It's probably like they're Kendrick. And I'm being so serious. Because um the content is there, the lyrics is is very heavy. He's a definitely a lyrical rapper um the versatility is there i mean if you go from if you go from suffice where he's just rapping over an 808 heavy up-tempo beat just straight giving bars over like a club beat and then he goes to uh mistake where he's just singing his heart out talking about how um he has characteristics that he's not a, a proud of or he's ashamed of or something like that like he's just singing like he's the second coming of i'm not gonna say none like no uh, iconic singer because then that would be blasphemous but let's just say he's singing uh to the point where he's like bro this sounds like really good so the versatility is there and the rapping ability is is top tier like kendrick drake like it's top tier like nf the way he raps in his own unique style of course people could call him an eminem copycat which they've went back and forth um you have to look up another video for that we will not have enough time for that but uh Eminem and NF surprisingly they have their beefs like why is Eminem beefing with all the white rappers like I don't understand uh Machine Gun Kelly uh NF who's next like Logic like he's gonna beef with like half of Logic's like project I don't know anyways um NF he's just one of those rappers where he's really top tier to the point where I feel like if I'm going to keep coming back to this point. If he was in the hip hop industry more, he would be one of the biggest artists we have. Like we would be like Drake, Kendrick, then maybe NF. Like I'm being so serious. Like the, the sales, the first week sales that NF generates is on a level to where if he actually did media and press and had a major label, that's another thing. If he, if he was under UMG, you know how many digital sales or how many copies they would have bought? He would have messed around, and cause I always say major labels they add like at least sixty thousand. Well, I don't know. Chloe Bailey flopped. I have to see what major label she on, cause they did not care about her. I remember when her and Gunner was dating, and Gunner dropped like Drip Forever or whatever, and then after that they broke up, and he got all those sales, and now she's selling ten k. Like she really got messed over. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, if NF was under a major label, usually. They add at least 60,000 to your overall first week. So he could have sold 160,000 to 200,000 first week off of just being signed to a major label. Obviously, he could have some distribution, some chance to rapper type deal under the table, but there's no credit of any major label. And to that, I'm crediting him as an independent artist. So that is just insane. 100,000 first week, Um, if like. I could go track by track by track, but I know most people, they don't have time for all that. Um, So if I was to get my top three, I would definitely say Careful uh, featuring Corday because I think he just completely outraps Corday. Of course, Corday has a solid verse because, I mean, Corday dropped from a bird's eye view, which I had in my top five albums of the year for last year. But um, Careful by NF and Corday, I believe that's a standout uh suffice which is the one i brought up earlier with him just rapping just straight bars over like a club type beat which i was so surprised to hear attached to nf lyrics it was like so crazy like the beat was fire i was like oh is this a is this a 21 savage this a, a little uzi verb beat oh no not little uzi is this a 21 savage little dirk type beat and the nf comes on i'm like oh okay well it's a little different <laughs> like the up-tempo club type track like i like it and then um he slowed it a little bit down at the end because he had well not like in quality I'm just I'm just talking about um in pace my third favorite would be mistake because I just love how he's just singing throughout the whole track he's singing and rapping but the chorus is straight singing and uh let's just say the the lyrics that he put in his chorus is one of my favorite choruses maybe all time like so applicable. I think the best choruses in life are the ones that apply to a lot of different scenarios. And so for mistake, he comes on and he says, if time heals, tell me, why do I kill myself trying to show you I'm not a mistake? I've got qualities that I'm not proud of. I've made promises that I walked out on. I've had days I feel I don't deserve love. So think what you want. Just don't call me a mistake. And that's like so applicable to every like aspect of life because everybody has that imposter syndrome where you're just going through life. You're trying to achieve something. You're like, bro, I don't even belong here. But somehow I got here, but I still don't feel like I belong here. Like you just go through that back and forth. And I feel like the best choruses of all time are just applicable to every scenario in your life. And uh, NF is just one of the more... He's one of the more um I forget the word. Like he actually he goes out his way to make it applicable. Like he he goes out his way to make it have substance. He's not just saying, oh, I did this, two foreigns, one baddie. Like he's not, you know, he's actually talking about stuff that matters in life. And it's it's bro, it's it's honestly like on some Kendrick type level. And, you know, I may get killed for saying that, but NF is probably one of the greatest rappers that I've ever heard like in life that's the highest compliment I could ever give a rapper so anyways uh click my link to my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about NF as a rapper do you even know who he is is this your first time hearing about him and also what do you think about him selling 100 to 110,000 copies first week and will you be giving his album titled hope a listen (laughs) Nintendo and Illumination is officially a match made in heaven as the Super Mario Bros. movie has dethroned Frozen 2 as the biggest box office opening for an animated film in history. Like ever like any animated film ever created that super mario bros was bigger than now who would have thought that the savior of video games was also going to be the savior of video game movies now honestly i feel like this is a um a pretty common sense thing to come to as far as a conclusion because mario obviously saved gaming when you know he saved the atari back in like the 1980s all the way well all the way in 2023 and mario is still carrying nintendo on his back like lebron in 2018 so anyways um for video game connoisseurs you know and you just knew that they was going to go out and support the Mario Bros movie because from the NES days you could probably see how a movie could be successful starring Mario I mean this man has been everything from a plumber to a tennis player to a race car driver what else to a track star, shout out to Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games, and to a S- Olympic swimmer, like all the Olympic sports, he's done that. All while saving the world, plus saving Peach every two seconds. I mean, Bowser just steals her. He's going to get Peach, and they telling him he went to the wrong castle every single time that he's going through all these different obstacles. He gets to the ultimate conclusion, and they just tell him he at the wrong castle, like. Mario has been through it Mario has done everything like at this point Mario needs to get the LeBron James tr- uh, Treatment times a thousand because this man hasn't been carrying since when did LeBron get into the league I figure when he got into the league, but um He's been like what two decades at this point that he's been in the league. So what's that 2003? Right, I think so Mario has been in the game since 1980 so no tight it's like i don't even know what what a uh retirement tour would look like for mario because he ain't falling off anytime soon there's one thing that fall time doesn't affect and that's fictional creations <laughs> and mario has been going strong as far as bringing in nintendo cash since 1980s since the 1980s like man like what type of creativity did the uh person who created mario have to come up with such a long longevity type plan like this like obviously he probably ha- had help but man no type of fictional creation has stood the test of time like mario i'll have to look out i, I would have to look at when spider-man was created but i'm pretty sure mario is one of the more uh, successful video uh just fictional creations of all time now, as far as like personal favorites, you know, you know, for me, it's all day Spider-Man. But anyways, that's not where I, why y'all came here. Y'all want to hear my review for Super Mario Bros. The Movie. Let me tell you something. All the critics who came out to say this was one of the, and yes, I got to call out some of my favorite creators and it's going to hurt my heart, but all the critics who came out and said that Super Mario Bros. was trash and one of the worst movies they've ever seen i'm not gonna lie to you they should get their uh critic badge revoked. because i'm not specifically talking about this one person but when i saw the beyond the beyond the trailer which is like one of my favorite youtube creators in general so don't think i'm trying to take shots it's just one of the points i gotta make beyond the trailer slash like grace randolph um she put out that the super mario bros movie was one of the worst movies she ever seen like ever laid eyes on I was like, say it ain't so. I was sitting back like, please say psych. I was so upset. And then I realized what she said. And I looked at the movie, not even like, I haven't even watched the movie at this point. I just looked at the trailer again. I'm like, surely this can't be one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Because the animation is on ten like this is illumination we're talking about obviously the story the characters can't have no like character development the story could be trash but as far as animation it can't be one of the worst you've ever seen like the animation is always on point for illumination i don't care what's happening in the story illumination is like it's like the tom brady of animation like illumination had two billion dollar movies before they even acquired Mar- uh the rights to make a Mario movie they had Despicable Me 3 which reached a billion dollars they had the Minions movie which reached a billion dollars had people coming out in suits for no reason like what other studio do you know has people dressing up in suits to go see a movie anyways um and then there was a third one i think it was minions 2 or despicable me too i forget but that one almost reached a, uh, almost uh, reached a billion so anyways um uh, what, basically what i'm saying is illumination in nintendo like i said at the beginning was a match made in heaven and that's how i felt about this whole movie i mean from the people from from chris pratt to uh charlie day to the mvp of the movie jack black as bowser i'm not gonna lie to you It was star study from start to finish and i thoroughly enjoyed my time at the movies and it was like to the point where it's like man am i a child like why am i enjoying these jokes and this animation style and just everything about the movie like why am i enjoying this so much like i must be a little kid i must be a little boy i ain't gonna lie to you so while i was watching this movie i had to sit back and like wow this movie is great (laughs) like i'm just like as a kid i'm I'm pretty sure it would be 10 times even greater because me i'm trying to look at the intricacies i'm like okay what are they like what could be so bad about this movie and I couldn't find a single thing. I mean, Jack Black, when he came on as Bowser, which was like at the very start of the movie, which isn't a spoiler, because it was in a trailer. Um, the trailer shows the beginning of the movie, so it's not like a spoiler. I'm not going into spoilers. But um, Jack Black as Bowser is is probably one of the most perfect castings I've seen since like Toby Maguire and Spider-Man. Like that's probably what I'll say. Like, that's just like that casting saved the movie for me. Cause I ain't gonna lie to you, Chris Pratt as Mario i feel like they could have found somebody better but you know as far as star power i guess it makes sense but you know he 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 definitely didn't stand out like charlie day as luigi stood out way more to me as a great voice than uh, chris bratt as as mario but uh jack black as uh bowser man just leaps and bounds above everybody and um also the person who played peach she did pretty good um anya taylor joy she was pretty solid what else it was other standouts the guy who played donkey oh seth rogan seth, seth rogan played donkey kong i'm about to be so disrespectful I'm about to be like oh yeah the guy who played him? <laughs> but anyways y- y'all get it it was a star steady cast from top to bottom um who else am i missing oh uh keegan from like key and peel michael key uh michael key he was the voice of toad you know like the first person mario runs into wait whoa, okay oh that's almost that's almost a spoiler It, it technically was partial spoiler my fault no more spoilers i promise but anyways um actually i do have one more spoiler but this is like not significant to the story it's just funny so there's this character right that is just laughing at the fact that everybody's like about to perish let me just say that and uh it's one of the funniest moments in the movie and then after the fact it comes back and, and it's like and, okay now that's a spoiler but basically this is let's just say it's a star figure and you will know what i'm talking about when you see the movie it's, it's probably one of the more hilarious parts in the movie but the most hilarious part is when jack black was singing as bowser i'm not gonna lie to you i thought this man was trying to get a grammy the way he was singing like he was singing like mariah carey and beyonce was in the room like he was just going crazy because it was a love song for peach and it's literally titled peaches like nintendo put it out and everything that's how fire this track is like usually you don't see that for animation like they sing a movie or they sing a song and then they just move on maybe it's a part of the soundtrack but they don't release a whole music video for it like what is this uh um what's that lemonade site? I forget what it's called. But basically, this ain't no music site. Like, you know, we we put out movies. And for Jack Black to go crazy on that track, like I thought he was like, I couldn't tell if that was Jack Black or Rod Wave because this man was singing his heart out uh like like it was broken a million times. Like this man was going into the chorus, coming back out to give another verse. I mean, my favorite part is when he said he said quote at the end of the line what do you say <laughs> so this is a kid's movie right this and this is like i said it, this could technically be a spoiler but it's more like comedic jokes and not too serious it's not like a serious plot point uh bowser sings at the end of the line Ow make you mine and bro, when he said that or when he sung that I was like this is over like this man this man needs a Grammy I ain't gonna lie to you they literally need to create just an animation category for Jack Black because that was that was that was magnificent man it was beautiful it was beautiful man I almost shed a tear I was like man if only Peach if only Peach love Bowser back Anyways, so that's basically my review. <laughs> it's not too crazy. Like it was it was a fire movie from start to finish. I don't want to spoil anything, um, because I really do think you should see this. And as a fellow gamer, I mean my title of my podcast is Notorious Mass Effect, so I love games. And for Mario to be technically the savior of gaming, I just felt like it was in my due diligence to go see the movie. I did. It was fire from start to finish. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like the way the critics came out, I'm not a conspiracy theory type person, but Bro, there's no way. There's no way people hated the movie that bad just from just from the animation alone. I'm telling you, the animation alone is a 7 out of 10. Like, forget the story, anything. Uh, animation alone is a 7 out of 10. So after that, you get into, like, the story, the character development, and you can rate it yourself. But to say it's the worst you've ever seen, which is multiple critics, I don't want to just uh, go straight at, like, beyond the trailer, because I watch her all the time, and I still watch her. And, um... Yeah, a lot of critics came out and they was just, bro, that take was like, t- t- this, mu- this movie is beautiful. Like, literally, like, if you see it in a, in a movie, it's like, you will get your money's worth. Like, it's one of those things where if you actually see it on a big screen, you, you can get the added benefits of it. And especially in 3D, some of the race scenes, uh, I don't want to give too much. But let, yeah, so go see it, it's fire, is out now, and boy, is it one of the best uh, movies I've seen this year, so click my link tree in my bio let me know oh no no also it's one of the best video game movies i've ever seen which you know it's not really a high bar that's why i said best movies but anyways so that's besides the point click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias have you seen the super mario bros movie and if you have do you think it's fire or trash and also do you think you No, know, no. what was your who was your favorite character in the movie Getting into the overview of the pod, of course, and I mean, of course, we had to start with some hip hop, a.k.a., you know, the duo that we thought we'd never we'd never see together again. And so I started off talking about the one, the only, Little Uzi Vert, as he's apparently supposed to drop the pink tape, but since the news came from DJ Drama, I'm not believing it at all, and in fact, I think he may push it back in spite of DJ Drama, so that's unfortunate. Then we got into Playboy Cardi and just the advancement of AI technology, covering Little Uzi verse Twenty Minutes. If you don't know, Twenty Minutes came on um, Love Is Rage Two, and AI technology now lets you mimic other people's voices for whatever to say whatever, and people are using that for popular artists to cover other popular artist songs. So Playboy Cardi covered Little Uzi verse Twenty Minutes song. um by AI technology and boy does it sound fire. Then I got into uh Taylor Swift more more of the um one of the more out of this out of the realm of of what I usually cover topics and Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn uh breaking up or being rumored to break up as that was big news for some reason and I got into I just got into the whole the whole perspective of why I think that's big news. And then we switched gears a little bit a little bit and we got into video gaming as i talked about spider-man of course because it's one of it no it is my my fictional creation of all time so i had to correct that. you know i can never be uh disrespectful to the to the to the spider you know what i'm saying spider-man is like one of the one of the best no the best fictional creation of all time i keep messing up but anyways i talked about that and i got into spider-man ps5 and kind of like the details surrounding that then we transitioned into star wars jedi survivor and how i got into some of the gameplay mechanics and stuff and and how jedi fallen order compared to jedi survivor which is the sequel it's just it's just night and day like jedi survivor added so so much as far as new mechanics new stances with lightsabers um customization with Cal, that it really justifies the 70 70 price tag that you already know is coming uh, then we switched it up again and then we got into uh gaming no no, no. <laughs> switched it up again and then we got into music as I talked about Ray Schremer I gave my album review for how Ray Schremer for life is just one of the best albums of 2023 and how Ray Schremer literally needs way more respect than the name is one of the best hip-hop duos of all time transitioning into NF which a lot of people Probably don't even at this point, like I already know what my demographic man it's gonna be people there's gonna be a lot of confused faces when they see n f on the cover of this episode uh as he released a new album titled Hope, Straight Fire," I would say, and um my top three album of the year, I mean obviously it's early we're four months in, but it's already one of my favorite albums of the year, and I think if you listen to it, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. then I ended the episode with the one and the only savior of gaming which is mario in the form of the mario bros uh the super mario bros movie review i gave my personal review because i have seen a movie uh i talked about if it was good or bad saying it was phenomenal straight fire from start to finish uh kind of some of my standouts. And I didn't want to spoil the movie cuz I really do feel like people need to see this movie and you know, it hasn't been out for that long. I think it just came out like this week. So it's like, you know, I want to give people time to see it. So yeah, I gave my review for that though, my personal review. So yeah, that's about it for the episode for episode 120. Also, I want to say thank you all again for getting me to 31,000 weekly downloads on episodes. I don't think y'all understand the effect that that has on me and the way I create as I always try to make it better every single time I come out I try I I always I constantly think of ways to make this better and um to see the support is like kind of crazy because I remember coming from anchor where my whole audience was like 9,000 a week but now it's like 31,000 now now it's at 31,000 it's like bro that's like crazy to see in two months under red circle way bigger than my whole two-year tenure at anchor so i just want to sincerely thank you all for that and you know we're going to keep affecting the masses of course and i'm gonna keep finding new ways to make notorious mass effect one of the best platforms on the planet so anyways uh thanks for tuning in to the notorious mass effect podcast and don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode, click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow. I don't know, and to keep all my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom of my link tree. My link tree, as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars on whatever platform you are currently listening on, as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses thank you for tuning in to another episode of the notorious mass effect
0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health